because I believe science might offer an answer to the curse of the Bambino. Why someone took so long to hire that guy is beyond me. Anybody who's not tearing their team down right now and rebuilding it using your model, they're dinosaurs. One of the great things about money is it, it buys a lot of things. One of which is the luxury to disregard what baseball likes, doesn't like, what baseball thinks, doesn't think. It's a threatening, not just a way of doing business, but, it's, but in their minds, it's threatening the game. How can you not be romantic about baseball? All right, I'm excited to have another podcast here. Uh, we've got a special guest today, Dugan Moran, and um, most successfully known for Crossover Symmetry. I'm sure everybody out there has heard of Crossover Symmetry. Um, it's It's been around for a long time it's become a kind of a household name in baseball and and it's in other uh, fitness industries and it's just a great product we use it here at top velocity and um and this has been the inspiration of dugan also too what i'm excited to talk about is what he's done in developing armcare.com and all the exciting things that he has uh set up into the future with it and, and all the great um, information, education and tech that it's bringing into the baseball community. So I'm really excited to have you dig and thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. So let's kind of start there. Um, two big company names that you, you've, you've worked really hard to develop that have brought a lot of value into this sport of baseball. Um, let's, but let's talk over with Crossover. How long, how long has Crossover Symmetry been around? So the concept, uh you know, started, you know, the, you know, if I, if I start at the beginning, which is the origin, it was truly developed out of need. I mean, I wanted to play pro ball. Um, I was a, I was a college senior, just got done playing. I played at University of Washington and um, I kind of went in as a two-way player, but um, kind of found myself, uh, you know, hitting and, and not pitching at all. And uh I got done playing. I didn't profile as a, as a first baseman. This is we're back in the era of McGuire and some of these guys hitting 500 foot home runs. Um, so, um, kind of a different era of baseball, I feel like. Um, and I was like, I'm not fast enough to play in the outfield. So my only option is, you know, to get on the mound, I was left-handed. So I had that going for me. Um, and I went to my dad, my dad's physical therapist, um, and said, help me develop a shoulder performance program, something that's going to strengthen my arm so I can get my velocity up. I went out with one of my buddies and gunned myself. And, you know, I'm a fully developed college senior, you know, and I was topping out at 85. And like, I'm not going to get a shot playing and throwing 85. So um, we developed this uh, routine, um, which ultimately is now crossover symmetry. Um, so it was, it's this band routine that I was using religiously. I worked my butt off in the weight room. Um, I killed it in there. I ate perfect and I really dedicated myself for about, you know, four to six months. And uh, I ended up topping out at, at 92 miles an hour and I got a chance to play uh, independent baseball in the Frontier League uh, for a year. And, you know, unfortunately, I didn't throw enough strikes to, to stay in uh, pro ball, but uh, um, got to got to get. Yeah, I was able to get paid playing baseball, which is, you know, super cool. It was one of my dreams to do. And um, when I got done playing, it was, it, it was really obvious what I, what I needed to do. I needed to take this, this, this program and professionalize it and, and get it out to the world because there was nothing else like this. Um, simultaneously, my, my dad in his physical therapy clinics uh, in Colorado Springs, he had uh, five clinics in there. And so he put uh, one of these stations in all five clinics and he was getting better results than he had in his whole career uh, with, with the shoulder rehab. Like typically a player would come in and, you know, he'd have shoulder impingement symptoms. So, so what, it, what was it? It was rice, right? Um, yeah. and, and so it's, what is it? R uh, rest. Um, um, ice compression, compression elevation elevation yeah 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 and and since they've debunked that but uh but that was kind of the model and then it was a slow rehab process and the guys you know out two to three weeks before we're they're going and in season that's not an attractive you know thing to do so he would actually get them in there and they would be painful limited range of motion you know doing the, this movement right here um this d2 flexion movement and through the progress, and that's one of the things that I think is uh, 
the beautiful thing about crossover symmetry, it's not just these randomized exercises thrown at you. There's a sequential order where movements are layered upon each other. And so we start with a row, we start, we start with, you know, some scap retraction, and then we pair some external rotation with that when we do some uh, reverse fly with a little external rotation. Then we work, uh, you know, with, with the pull down. And, and so the, the first three movements are really scap specific. Okay, let's, let's get, make sure the shoulder blades are, are set and in, in, in a good position, moving correctly. And now let's start activating the cuff. And, um, and through that prog uh, progress, um, uh, an athlete who was painful would, would be able to go through that progressively and without pain. And by the time they're, they're, they're to our last res, uh, resistance, they'd be full range of motion, pain-free with resistance. And it just completely changed how we rehab. Um, and so now he's able to do that. And, and in less than a week, we got the, the player back at, you know, playing and, and, and pitching. So, um, so that was the origin of it. Um, I remember going to my first ABCA show with it. Uh, we didn't have like the, the cool bands that we have now is taking, you know, like the rubber bands and cutting them in half and tying a carabiner on each end. And, um, yeah. but it was 2004 and, uh, it was in Nashville, um, at the ABCA there. And that was before, you know, we were just talking about all the tech that you're seeing at the ABCA now and how it's completely morphed into, into more of a, a tech convention rather before it was like baseball bats and uniforms and, and you know, scoreboards and things like, like the most advanced thing is the scoreboard back then. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, so yeah, um, we took it there and got some feedback. We actually had a couple of people buy it. And, uh, and then, you know, I got into coaching after that. So I, I coached at university of Washington as a grad assistant I coached at a community college, you know, in the area. And then I went over as a volunteer assistant at Washington state university. And it gave me a chance to kind of, take this program that we've we've created and test it with a bunch of other players and so we got a, a bunch of good feedback one of the things that came out of that is the the chart that that comes with every single crossover yeah. symmetry um product we we include that visual aid which i think is really important because if 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 players are not strengthening the shoulder um appropriately they 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 can become imbalanced. And so, you know, what happens typically when, when you give uh, a player, you know, a rehab program, they, they do their, their favorite four or five exercises, right. And, and they forget about the rest. And so having that visual aid that, would, you know, the sequential order of the exercises, layering those movements was really important for us. I think it's one of the things that, you know, helped us get better results. So um, we did that. And then I, I moved back to Colorado Springs and actually yeah, I was coaching uh high school out there as assistant coach and I was able to test it on those players as well and that's when I, I started professionalizing it in 2006 we launched the company um you know crossover symmetry and um professionalize the bands you know we got uh, I was like I want the best like we we developed in what in my opinion is the best program out there I want the best equipment to go with it and so we really hunted that down and Anyone that's familiar with crossover symmetry, you know, we, we assign a specific resistance to a movement based upon that individual strength. So it's very customized to the program itself. Uh, we, we were out there trying to compete with the, the, the band companies that, you know, just uh, you can do some curls and do some other movements. We, we had a very specific use for this tool. Um, and uh, I think the results have been great. Yeah, I think it's by far the best uh shoulder rotator cuff band program and and quality band you can get i mean i've i've yet to see a real competitor i believe that you, of yours i think you're in a league of your own with it i don't think unfortunately the the young kids coming up they don't understand how good it is because they don't know um so if you're watching this and you just don't know it it is the best and it's like you said it's the best because you really understand how to develop the shoulder integrity and range of motion for a thrown athlete. Uh, and you also, you, you have a great um, a product that um, is, is durable. I even like the fact that it's, I mean, I don't want to go into a competitor here, but I, I, I don't like bands that don't make you grip something because the forearm needs to be developed with the shoulder. So you're, you're applying everything correctly and you have really good quality, like you said. So I think, 
you are the best in the industry. Would I be wrong? Right. <laughs> well, I, I think we are. Um, yeah. but, uh, you know, if you, if you go to a, a big league clubhouse and, and go inside, there's, there's enough proof there hanging on the wall, um, that, that, that we are the best. And, you know, we're in about 75% of D one universities, um, nationwide. So we've had pretty good success there. Um, uh, where we also moved into to new sports as well. So one of our, our, our biggest markets is CrossFit. You know, when, when yeah. CrossFit first started coming out, they were just having massive shoulder injuries. And I think, uh, you know, introducing crossover symmetry into a CrossFit environment has really helped reduce injury rates there. Yeah, it's smart. They do have a lot of shoulder injuries there, a lot of overhead injuries. And then, you know, I, then I got really excited when you started a the the bands for the hips and core um mm -hmm. those are real excellent products they're very innovative on how you engage the like the hip especially specifically how you can tap into a lot of the planes of movement um in in the core and the hips and 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 engage the core i mean you want to talk more about that product yeah i would love to so I, I gotta i gotta back up a little bit and give credit where credit's due so you know the programming the education uh behind crossover symmetry the shoulder product was my dad 100 he's the physical therapist he's the expert my goal was to create something um that was very user-friendly something that was durable and we actually have a saying at crossover symmetry if a, if our products aren't practical structured and efficient it doesn't matter because it won't get done so that for us equals consistency, uh, compliance. Uh, so if a product's not practical, if it's if it's you know takes too long, if it if it you know if, if it's not portable, if you can't take it with you, uh, if it's not durable, you know it's not practical for us. You know if it's not structured and it's just a bunch of exercises all over the place, no one's going to get that done consistently. And if it's not uh, efficient, you know it doesn't fit into people's uh, lifestyle. It's not gonna it's not gonna get done. So. That's another key area of this. And, um, you know, in terms of the hip and core band, I have to give all the credit to uh, a physical therapist. His name's uh, Justin Dudley. He's out of Colorado Springs. He owns uh, Cascade uh, Sports uh, Physical Therapy. And, uh, and then Matt Unthank. And Matt is our director of education here at Crossover Symmetry. He's phenomenal. If you watch any of the Crossover, Crossover Symmetry videos, that's Matt on there. He's got his master's in exercise physiology, super smart guy, very intelligent um, around uh, the, the hip and core and shoulder as well. But um, those, those, uh, those two kind of put it together. They put together education. And my role in it was developing the physical product. How can we develop a, a product that um, is functional enough to do all the movements that we need to do? And we, we tested everything on the market. We tested the latex bands, you know, the ones that rip your hair out. We tested the, uh, the fabric bands and their range of motion wasn't, wasn't large enough and, and we needed different resistances. Um, and when you add resistance there, you know, the, the end ranges, it's, it's super tight here and then you can't get very far with it because the, the range of motion is not there. Um, and so we, we actually tried to find other products to, to use and start testing and we just couldn't find them. So ultimately we ended up uh, with developing the, the hip and core band, which I, I have some kind of back here. Uh, it comes in three different resistances and they're tapered in, in uh, circumference. So the yellow one's gonna be better for, for smaller athletes and then they get bigger as you go as well. So uh, the hip and core, you know, kind of the same thing with crossover symmetry. We have the activation program. Uh, we have a strength program with the hip and core, and then we have a plyometric program. And collectively, all three are, are great uh, protocol for ACL injury prevention. As you know, there's ACL injuries can be prevented um, uh, through strengthening, especially in the female demographic. Mm -hmm. uh, but, but definitely, it's been very popular. We got a bunch of major D1 uh, football teams, you know, using the, the hip and core, you know, soccer, it's really popular as well. So awesome yeah it's a great product and it, it really completes like your whole system of training i think you know bringing in the lower half you know the hip capsule or the hip complex into the the shoulder i think is smart because there's you know studies show there's there's a direct relationship to them both they're kind of like built on top of each other so it's i was really excited when you brought in the hip and core because i felt like that was a little bit or that would have completed your whole kind of mission with with the upper body i think 
because there's a lot of a lot of studies showing that the shoulder health uh, is linked to the the hip mobility and and, and hip integrity and stuff as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so I love that connection. Um, yeah, so what is now then? Like, let's jump into the the new venture with armcare.com. Like, how did that? Where did that come about? Why did? Why all of a sudden this <laughs> whole new mission and movement into armcare.com? Yeah. So that, that's a, that's a long story. Cause it started, uh, in 2013, we started, uh, reading a bunch of research. Um, and this, there's a research study put out by the Rockies that really kind of fueled a lot of it. But, uh, what they did is they looked at, uh, rotator cuff strength and that relationship with, uh, throwing related injuries, um, and, uh, injuries requiring surgery. So serious injuries. And what they showed uh, in the uh, in the study is if you have weak external rotators comparative to to the to, to the other players, you're at a higher risk for injury requiring surgery. Um, if you have weak supraspinatus, which is kind of an elevator, uh, also a rotator cuff muscle, uh, higher risk of injury. And then the the other thing that was a little unique is they looked at the shoulder balance. And I'm left-handed, so I'll do it with my left arm. So we look at the strength for the internal rotators versus the strength of the external rotators. And that ratio, the wider the strength gap, either way, the higher the risk of injury. So we bought some, you know, medical grade digital dynamometers for 1500 bucks and started testing it because we wanted to see if crossover symmetry was moving the needle to strengthen, you know, the shoulders the way we needed to, to protect these athletes. Um, and so we started testing on it, you know, here in house, we would go to perfect game events and, and do some testing over there, um, you know, at our event tent. And we had a bunch of athletes come through and it was pretty, um, pretty uh, amazing to see two things, how weak athletes were and how imbalanced they were. It was, it, it would blow your mind. And I think when we talk about the, the term arm care, most people think arm care. Okay. My arm care is I'm going to grab some bands and I'm going to do some exercises before I throw just like kind of a little warm up. And that's, yeah, yes, that is a part of arm care that, that arm activation uh, protocol, but the missing component is the strengthening and, and, and players are not strengthening their arms the way they need to be. And that, that is a major problem. And, you know, we can go into some of the research, but, uh, uh, 60% of throwing related injuries are related to strength. And, 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 you know, there's been studies that, that show, uh, coaches, there was a survey study out there and coaches were asked, um, what are the leading contributors to injury? And, you know, biomechanics was, was up there, you know, workload is up there. And yet they attribute six per 6% of them said that that strength was a contributor. And, and it's 60% of the injuries are, 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 are linked to strength and, and fatigue, you know, from, 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 uh, from weakness. So, um, we went down that road a little bit and, you know, it's, it, it's been a, a crazy journey. We, we, we started developing software, um, in about 2016 and, and got it to a specific point and got it to a certain point, uh, maybe it's 2017. Um, because we, 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 we outgrew the Google sheets and all, all the, you know, the spreadsheets that we, we were entering our data and, 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 and really identified there's a need for this players need to know if they're strong and in their week, and they need to be monitored throughout the season and to make adjustments to either their throwing workloads, as well as their, their training protocols. So, um, so we put this together and I started building software and as a web-based program, so it would work on it, you know, any kind of you know, desktop or laptop, um, computer, it was, wasn't a mobile app. Um, and, uh, we got really close to getting ready to launch it. We actually showed it at, a, at, at an ABCA and, you know, um, but it, it the, the linchpin, the, the thing that was difficult for us to, to really have widespread adoption is we were using a digital dynamometer that costs 1500 bucks. And, there's not a lot of individuals that are going to drop $1,500 on a strength tester, right? So that's what a dynamometer is. It's a strength tester. And I was, I was researching, we were actually working on developing our own dynamometer at the time. 
And uh, I found a company called Active Body and saw their product. And it's a, it's a digital dynamometer that is, is it's medical, uh, excuse me, it's research grade and in terms of its accuracy and, and, and the hertz, the, the amount of data you're getting through that slope. Um, and it retails at 250 bucks. I was like, this changes the game. This completely changes the game. And so what we did is we partnered with them. And uh, so we have an exclusive agreement with, with Active Body, uh, with the dynamometer. And, uh, and so we're able to now use this tool. And I completely scrapped all the old software. And we're like, okay, we're going we're gonna to come at this from a different angle. Because previously, I would have needed a, a clinician, a, a, uh, you know, an examiner to hold this dynamometer. Because that's how it used to be done. You're on a table. And you're pressing into this device to see how strong your rotator cuff muscles are, right? And you got a you got an examiner on the other end, kind of holding this dynamometer. And you know, there's examiner error because this guy's pushing. There's different tests. There's make tests and break tests and hybrid tests, um, and it, it didn't yield very accurate results. And I saw this product. We vetted it, uh, so we actually tested it uh, with you know a strength jig um, and uh, from from a dynamometer expert. And, and it checked out better than, better than the medical grade dynamometer I was paying 1500 bucks for. And it was Bluetooth, you know, enabled and we can create an app and make this player led. And so that led down the, the whole journey, uh, journey of taking it from a, a kind of a clinician, uh, based software and moved it to a player first player, uh, design app guided. Uh, program. So now players on their own time can go in there and test their arm strength um, and, and, and see the data that they're going to, you know, number one is going to give them individualized training, but number two, um, it will help them make adjustments to their throwing workloads based upon how their arms responding to the stimulus. Yeah, it's, it's much needed. You know, it's a great evaluation tool. And I think, unfortunately, none of these kids are used to evaluating because uh, they're only, I guess their only real connection evaluation is like a radar gun. I mean, you're evaluating there. <laughs> so it's like getting them used to, all, to evaluating in other means is so important because it's not just going to be effective in, in health. It's going to be effective in performance. I mean, mm-hmm. the first step, you should always be evaluating your health, but you can also to evaluate your performance. Like, why is my performance down? Like, but, but the point is like, I mean, that was an exceptional move. I mean, I remember when you had sent me the, the product and when you were beta testing everything and, and I really, I knew you, I could see you going in the right direction because you do got to get it out of a clinician's hands. You do got to make it affordable. If you're really going to get the, you know, every, all the, you know, baseball to all these, these individual players to really want to, to use it, you know, and that's, that's a challenge to do. I don't think the young kids in this, in this game understand how hard it is to do something like that. And, then when you have something like that, how valuable it is to have something that's affordable that you can assess your own yourself without even being a medical professional and get real hard data that's going to be very actually significant in your overall health. I think it's it's an exceptional product because of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a it's been a long road, and you know we uh, about a year ago uh, uh, we we hired uh, a guy named uh, Ryan Croton. And he's got his, you know, PhD in biomechanics, and um, he was a director of performance integration uh, at, uh, you know, with the Los Angeles Angels, which meant he oversaw sports science and, and strength and conditioning, as well as uh, some some features of scouting as well. Um, and once we started working with Ryan, it completely changed the game. I mean, this guy is incredibly smart, really knows what he's talking about, and completely 100% believes in this product and our mission and what we're doing. He feels like this is going to put a major dent in this explosion of, of injuries that we're seeing even more so at the, at the youth level. Um, and, uh, and so I once mean, we brought on uh, Ryan, uh, you know, Ryan says, Hey, we got to get this guy. His name's Jordan. And I've worked with him with the angels for the last four years. And Jordan was with them for the last six years in many different roles. Um, and so right away we, we hired Jordan and, 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 uh, uh, Jordan's kind of more of an on the field expertise, making throwing adjustments and, um, you know, based upon data he's collecting, he's actually, he worked for, for Tom house for a long time as a, 
as a young guy and kind of was was conducting a lot of the research that that, that Tom was doing. So he's very well versed in that as well. So um, it's uh, it's been a, a, a wild ride the last year, you know, no, I mean, through and when you hired Ryan, I, I was a big fan of him. Uh, I mean, I've, I read all these case studies all the time and he's done like, uh, <laughs> I don't know, 50 of them. I mean, it's an insane amount he's put together and, you know, he really I think he was the one to, to disprove the pitch count, the pitch counts work. I mean, he did a lot of great research showing that it's really not uh, an effective way to understand or to protect arms. And I think that's why I was excited you got him because I, I knew he would really need, he would really be able to continue to lead armcare.com in, in the right direction as far as developing, you know, evaluation systems, assessment protocol to, to help these kids understand what they're doing to their arms. Um, and I think you couldn't pick a better person to do that. I think that's really has been his mission, you know? Yeah. And, what, what blew us away? So initially, you know, we're, we're, we're meeting with Ryan. So he's got incredible vision, right? But what blew us away was he goes, I attribute 75% of throwing related injuries to strength, weakness, and, and, and imbalance. So imbalance is extremely important. We can talk about that. Um, and range of motion, you know, restrictions. Okay. Uh, 70 75%. And, and he goes, I attribute about 5% to biomechanical flaws. And, and he's a biomechanist. Yeah. That is where, where, and that's what was like, okay, this is the right guy. This guy is a biomechanist. This is what he does for a living. And he's saying that strength and range of motion deficits are the key. And no one is looking at that. No one's looking at strength. No one's looking at range of motion objectively where they're actually getting numbers and monitoring monitoring it through through uh, the season even at the big league level you know we're talking a bunch of big league teams they're wanting to incorporate it and 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 they have the preseason assessment they might have a mid-season assessment and and one at the end and in our opinion that those observations observation windows are not frequent enough to make adjustments you know you're getting assessed and then the next time you're seen you're hurt it's crazy yeah i mean I totally understand where he's coming from. And I mean, I see it's really how it all lays out. I think it's not that biomechanics aren't effective. It's just, not, it's just, it's more individualized. I think the problem is, is when organizations, they, they say, you know, they, they come at a group of pitchers or a staff and, you know, they would say, okay, like every one of you needs these kind of movements to be healthy. That wouldn't work because you have such different size and strength and tissue threshold of all those athletes. So that's where biomechanics fail. I think when you apply them over mass groups of people, but when you individually apply them, they work really well, but then Especially the day, for performance, I, I'm just talking about, uh, you know, injuries specifically. Um, when, when we're talking about performance, that's a completely different thing. And, and for sure, you know, being able to improve your energy transfer and efficiency is 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 a great thing yeah but the but the point is too is that strength is biomechanics so it's it like there is a strong relationship between them you know mm -hmm. someone who's stronger is going to be able to hold get into better positions someone who's more powerful is going to be able to get into different positions so it's i always say to what either way i look at it is i see biomechanics are really the result of what the anatomy is capable of achieving mm -hmm. so if you don't like the result just like you don't like the velocity on the ball you, you gotta not change how you know you gotta be careful in how you think you got the velocity of the ball because it's really in the things you did to the ball the, the work you applied to the ball so the the mechanics to me are the same thing the mechanics are the result and really how you got that was the work you applied to the body created that 100 percent Right. So it's, it, it's a hard concept to understand. It's hard to even talk about, but, <laughs> but the, the point is, is like, you're on the right lines, like really, cause strength is a real core foundational piece to, to health. It's a, it's a huge piece. I mean, it's almost everything. That's what pretty much we're saying. And that's where I think baseball has gone wrong because baseball overvalued mechanics and undervalued strength. I don't know why they went in that direction, but they did. 
And now you have still today coaches telling kids it's not important that they lift weight over their heads. And I'm like, really? Like, where, where, how would you even come across that that wouldn't be beneficial? I don't understand that, you know? So I think that's, that's the challenge of the industry is educating the industry that like, you, like Ryan says, y'all's motto is strength matters most. It really does. It's, it's a core foundational piece to health. Like you can't get away from it. And if you're not assessing it, you're going to have a hard time understanding your own health if you're not assessing it. Yeah. I mean, that's a good, that's a great point. Um, you know, how the interrelationship between strength and biomechanics and, um, and, you know, that's maybe where there might be some confusion um, there. It's like, okay, he's doing this and that, you know, making some biomechanical flaws, you know, in his delivery. And, you know, is that a, what is that a result of? Yeah, and right. I would say nine times out of 10, it's, you know, it's probably a lack of strength right. or imbalance, yeah. right? Of course. Yeah. I mean, I say that there's three ways to achieve a movement. You have to have the mobility to get into that position. So you have to have the laxity or the, 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 the length of the muscular length and tendon length, well, not tendon length, muscular length, but, and then you have to have the strength to stabilize that position. So, I mean, you, you're not going to get there if you don't have the mobility to, to put your bones in that position, you don't have the strength to hold it. And then if you don't have the speed or power to get out of it, if, if you can't do those three things, you're not going to actually be able to achieve any biomechanical or pitching mechanics or hitting mechanics. So that's what I was saying. Strength is a foundational piece of you actually being able to achieve a movement. And if you don't have that, not only is it going to hurt performance, but say you're, you're able to slip into it every now and then, but then you're, then we're going to be dealing with strength endurance. Like, okay, you did it two times. Can you do it 30 times, <laughs> you know? And then this is the right, real exactly. value of strength and what you're assessing, right? Isn't this what armcare.com is, is assessing is that it's so you can understand how well um, are you basically um, enduring or, or um, surviving the stress and torques and, and the workloads of, of these movements. Mm -hmm. You want to dive into that a little bit about the the key metrics? Um, yeah, yeah. Go. I mean, so, go, Ryan talked about one that I really liked, and you can add on more. He talked about um, pounds versus miles per hour. I think you'll have some ratio okay, on SPR. pounds. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was strength really velocity great. ratio. Right. You want to talk from there? You want to talk about that a little bit or no? Yeah, yeah. So, so we look at you know our key metrics. Um, are, are, are phenomenal. And that's one of the things we were doing when we were developing the app. It's like, okay, we got a ton of data. How do we make this data actionable? How do we present the data in a way that these, these, these players are going to understand, okay, these are the things I need to focus on, or these are the adjustments I need to make. So that was our goal with the key metrics. Um, so the first thing we look at is arm strength. And when we look at arm strength as a part of a key metric, we're looking at relative strength, which means we're looking at your strength relative to your body weight. Um, and so when we look at internal rotation strength, we want the guys to be greater than 20%. We look at external rotation greater than 20%. And then we look at scaption and grip. So those are our, our, our four tests. Uh, we want you over 15% body weight strength. Okay, again, so I why, talk, do we, why do we choose those numbers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that. I think because that's still along the lines of what we're talking about. It has to be individualized. Like if you were just doing the problem with strength is, and tell me if I'm wrong, is like, for example, if, if you got a guy bench pressing 500 pounds, well, that sounds impressive unless he weighs 600 pounds. It's not that impressive, right? If it's, <laughs> if he weighs 200 pounds, that's impressive. So that's, that's why strength based on body weight is so important to understand because, well, your body weight is going to determine how much stress you can put on your arm. And mm -hmm. obviously bigger people can put more stress in their arm, but at the same time too, bigger people should be stronger to be able to handle that stress. So talk about how that relationship to strength and size is so important yeah i think there's another component especially at the youth so obviously the the relative strength scales down to amateur baseball and and youth players right because they're going to be you know lighter than you know your your high school collegiate professional guys so it it, it really scales down and, and makes it appropriate um one of the things that a lot of people um don't take into consideration. I think it is one of the reasons why there has been a, you know, just an explosion of injuries at the amateur level. That's where we're seeing the biggest increase in, in Tommy Johns um, at the, you know, at the, the, the amateur level um, is, you know, you, you have these like critical years of growth, right? So you have players are growing 
you know, I'm thinking 13, 14 years old, right? So what, what happens at 13? So the first thing is you go from the little league field to the, the big diamond, right? And so, so now all of a sudden you're throwing across the diamond. If you're pitching, you're throwing from greater distances. So you're going to be creating some additional stress in your arm that way, right? Uh, 13, 14 is the, is the, the, the peak of growing, right? And so these guys go through these major growth spurts. Um, what else happens? Um, the, most of these athletes at 13 and 14 are not participating in a well-designed strength program at that, that age group. Right. So, and most of them are starting to start, they're starting to throw harder at that age. So yeah, you have it, this like perfect disaster. Yeah, it is totally. And, and, and um, not only that, they're, they're using, let's go into the biomechanical problem. The biomechanical problem is they're using the mechanics of when they were younger Mm-hmm. with the bigger body <laughs> it's like it's clunk that's why it's clunky it's like the, it, when now you got a bigger body you should be things should change biomechanics should change but your muscle memory is still from what you've been doing for the past year or two it's it is it's such a hard transitional period for them mm-hmm. and so you i i feel like there's there's a lot of injuries that occur in that right and you know 13 yeah. 14 is also the travel ball and i don't even want to get into travel ball right but, exactly. uh, I, I, I've seen it firsthand here, um, and this is a major problem. Hopefully more people, you know, listen to this, can understand that this is a problem. But you go into a tournament and you play five games in two days. So how many arms do you need to play five games in two days? And these are five, seven inning games, right? Well, the, most of them are time limits now. Yeah, They're right. only two, so five two hour time limits. Five to yeah, seven. so 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 you need at least two pit you need at least 10 pitchers <laughs> at least at 10 least. pitchers right right if they're and all so what happens up. is but if you're a travel ball club and and you're, you're trying to keep your roster down so everyone, these should be tr- 10 fresh pitchers not guys you're pulling from the field right <laughs> exactly exactly um yeah and so you got to exclude the catchers from that and uh and so anyway they have these limited roster sizes and they go on, go out to these, these, these travel ball tournaments. And most of the time, you know, it's, it's well-intentioned dads that are coaching and they're going out there and they're just smoking these players. And, and the criminal part of it is the, some of the travel ball organizations um, are allowing players to throw up to eight innings in two days. Yeah. Because they can get around the pitch count rules. Which, why exactly. is Ryan, which Ryan so, said it doesn't work, you know? It's incredible. And, and some of these, you know, the, these athletes, you know, they're, they're let's be honest, their they're inning totals or pitch inning totals are going to be a, a lot higher than, you know, at the big leagues or at, at, at in, you know, and even in college because they're not as accurate, right? You're going to have more walks. You're going to have more mistakes. And so you're going to be running up these pitch totals. So it wouldn't be uncommon for some a pitcher to average 20 pitches per inning. You know, you multiply that times eight innings. Yeah, and here's the over thing. Over two like, days. And a, lot of, and a lot of people think because the kids aren't throwing hard, as hard as major league pitchers, it's somehow less stressful. It's not true. I've seen the studies. The studies looking at internal rotation torque, so the stress you're putting internally, like in rotation on your shoulder, mm-hmm. the, the torque's based on body weight. So once again, we've got this study can normalize it to body weight. Let's we got to remove body weight because each body is going to put in different levels of torque. If we take basically like you, you're, you're doing with your data, how well do you apply it based on your body weight? Mm-hmm. Pro pitchers by far put the least amount of torques on their arm. Like then even youth pitchers, it's not even close. Mm-hmm. So the point is that you can't even say because they're not throwing hard and say they're throwing the same amount of innings as a major leaguer, but they're not throwing as hard as him. It's less stress. No, it's actually more stress. The studies are showing more stress at that age, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. So kind of getting back to the, the, the relative strength metrics. So we got, we got the four relative uh, measures. So we got internal rotation, external rotation, we got scaption and we have grip strength, which I'm really excited about. I'm not sure if you've heard about the grip that we do. So we do a three finger pinch grip and we get you in a 90, 90 position. So you're not going to get any kind of compensations from the pack and other muscles. Um, and, you know, when you're doing a three finger pinch grip, it's going to, to really isolate FDS, flexor digitorum superficialis, which, you know, is, you know, one of the, the, the best able, uh, elbow stabilizers. So we're able to evaluate that, um, you know, every single week and see if there's going to be changes there. So um, 
So when you look at those four measures, we add all of those up and we come up with a total strength metric. And that's the first thing we do. So when we're going through these key metrics, I always start with arm strength. Okay, so I start with the total strength met metric and our goal for you is to have 70% body weight strength uh, for total strength. Then we look at internal rotation, external rotation, scaption and grip. And that gives us a good idea of where this athlete needs to focus strength gains. Um, if they're below, you know, 15%. And, and the reason why we come at, came up with those numbers is, you know, that's where we've seen injuries occur. So mm -hmm. players that are, are below those thresholds um, end up on the IL list and players that are above there seem to, to stay off the IL list. Well, so, so there's studies that show, there's studies show that pitchers that come in weaker in shoulder strength and their assessments of shoulder strength, similar to what you're doing, they're more prone to injury during the year. So you're, you're going to have tons of studies showing strength, like y'all say strength matters most it, it really is and and here's here's the thing I feel like a lot of kids watching this or parents watching this think that this is something a professional should be doing no what you've done so well with your interface is this is something a parent could be doing to help monitor their son or, or daughter that to keep them healthy and I and I I'm going to put pressure on the parents it's really you need to be doing this I I, I require you to do this you should be using the armcare.com uh, interface and, and dynamometry to to track this with your 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 kid because um if i know you're all concerned about keeping them healthy like this is now you have a way to do it and there's no better way this is the same systems being used all the way up to the major league level mm -hmm. so it, i mean i just want to put pressure on parents that are hearing this that yes you need to learn the armcare.com system it's not that hard i mean just tell them how the user-friendly aspects of it i mean it's very yeah, yeah, friendly yeah. so that was one of our major goals. Like, how do we get around this, this barrier of monitoring? Because these observation windows of preseason assessment, mid-season, end of season, in the best case of scenarios, is not frequent enough to, to make changes and make adjustments. Um, so the, the app literally walks you through everything. Um, it, you, you get this dynamometer, comes in the case right here. Um, so that's the only piece of equipment. We used to have this big chart that we had to do range of motion on, but our new unit actually has an IMU chip in it. So it does range of motion as well. That's so literally you go up to a wall and you go here, you have the dynamometer attached on your wrist and it goes, it calibrates, it gives you a, an audible beep. You go into internal rotation, you hit anywhere on the screen and, and record your internal rotation. Now we go into external rotation, uh, start, calibrate, boom. And so this is how fast our, our, our range of motion assessment is. It takes about 30 seconds to, to do your range of motion. Um, and then we move into our strength tests. And the strength tests are pretty cool. So we start with the internal rotation strength. So rather than pressing it into somebody, you, you press into a fixed surface. So uh, a doorway works great. Uh, you know, a wall where it's angled at a, at a 90 degree works perfect. So we put a little, we put the, the hip and core band underneath the elbow because we want to make sure that that's, that's you know parallel to the ground and we put the dynamometer on the wrist and literally the app goes three two one go and you press into the the wall as hard as you can and then there's a, a 10 second rest period and so it counts down from 10 all the way down to one and then goes three two one go and you press again so it's a two rep test um and if your your test results they call it the coefficient of variation but your test results aren't consistent within each yeah, other, yeah, the yeah. app automatically adds a third repetition. Yeah, right. And then we go into extra rotation, scaption and grip. And that's how fast it is. It's a six minute, you know, comprehensive shoulder strength and range of motion assessment um, using research grade dynamometer. And you can monitor yourself as frequently as, you know, every day if you would like. But we advise um, everyone to test at least once a week. And so we're able to identify how well is the arm recovering week over week? And so do we need to make adjustments week over week? We also have a, a post test. So let's say for example, the best time to do your, your fresh state exam is on your bullpen day. Cause that's typically going to you know, be when you're, you're working with your instructor or if you're, you know, if you're, if you're playing, if you're a starting pitcher, your bullpen day is going to be when you're most fresh. You want to do that before you throw um, take six minutes. So it's not going to take a long time. And then we have a post exam as well, which I'm really excited about. And it allows us to evaluate arm fatigue. And so you do the same assessment within 30 minutes of throwing your last pitch and what it tells us. And then you enter in what your workload was. 
So if you had a bullpen, a velo day, if you pitch in a game, we're asking you some information around that, that event. And we're able to determine how much strength you retained from your fresh exam. And if you're losing more than 10% of your strength, we know that you're pitching while you're fatigued, which is the number one risk factor, right? And so we, we want the 10% uh, is kind of our threshold. And you know, we've seen some players who uh, lose up to 20% uh, uh, of strength, you know, in, in, in their, in their outing, whatever they're doing. And then we see players who actually potentiate and get stronger in their post-test, which is an awesome sign. I mean, that's ultimately what we want to see. Yeah. And you're 36 times more likely to have injury if you're fatigued. So it, it, like you said, it's, it's a core principle. You really need to understand where your fatigue level is. And it's, it's really dependent on your strength and your strength is going to tell you, you know, where your fatigue is. And at the end of the day, then I'm going to come in and say, hey, I can work on that is a, with our methods and, and make sure you're not losing so much strength when you pitch because there is a lot of arm use there. And we've got it biomechanically through strength, through speed, through mobility, get out of that and, mm -hmm. and put less on it. So that's why I love your device, your tool, because it'll allow my athletes to assess what their work has been doing. Are they getting actually better? Are they becoming better movers? Because if they are, they should see better measurements. They should see better strength endurance, you know, better uh, recovery. And it's, it's important to empower the athletes to take care of their own health. Um, ultimately, it's their career. And if you empower these athletes to, to assess themselves, they get the individualized training. So the app also produces that. Uh, you know, for the arm care specifically. Um, but if they're monitoring their arm, the coach gets all the data. We have a, a, a coaching portal where all the data is right there. We actually have it outlined as key metrics. So the coach can go in there and in very little time analyze, you know, all of the data from this player and make throwing adjustments. Okay, his arm fatigue was high. Last time we had him throw a 35 pitch pin, we're going to drop this a little bit. Why we focus on strength and some of these things to, to improve that arm fatigue. Uh, maybe an athlete's not recovering well week over week. Now we're going to address, and, and it just really opens the door to better communication, whether it's like, hey, what kind of sleep are we getting? What's the nutrition look like? And it, it allows the, the coach to go in there and little, you know, dive deeper. In fact, I was talking to, uh, this is a, an SEC team. I was talking to their, uh, their athletic trainer. They got all their, their pitchers using, uh, using the, the arm care system. And they had a pitcher who tested with, and so we have three alerts. We have a watch alert, which means we want to reduce workload and, and monitor this athlete really close. We have a warning alert, which means you should not do any high intensity throwing. And, and, and again, you need to, uh, to, to, to watch those, those athletes very closely. It should just be nice and light. No velo days, no pitching and bullpen. Um, because they've lost that much strength. And then we have a medical alert, which means you need to be evaluate, evaluated by a medical professional before you're injured because you're heading to that down that road. And so we had the uh, athletic trainer um, gave me a call and said, we had a, a pitcher, he's actually a, a starter. Uh, I'm not sure if he's a weekend starter or a, mi a midweek starter, but he's a starter for SEC team. And he tested medical for all of the strength tests. Wow. Um, and, and he he did not report any kind of arm pain or anything. So immediately it set up a flag. They, they called in the pitching coach. They had the, the medical team. They brought in the kid and say, what's going on? And it allows them to talk about that. And they said, we made major adjustments. And now we're, we're bringing this guy up a little bit, you know, with a slower yeah. ramp up, That's uh, cool. but they potentially saved an injury right there. Yeah. Cause so there's, so you have the individual can just get the app and it comes with the device, but you also have a coach's package. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. So it's a, it's a coaching portal. Um, you know, it's $90 a year to access our coaching portal. And, and from there you can invite players. You can, uh, um, yeah, and they can actually request to be a part of your organization as well. And, and you can organize them into teams and study groups. Um, so it's really, it's really universal. We also, we also have uh, PDF reports as well as CSV files on every player. So if you want to see, every rep of every test this athlete's ever done, all that data is in, in the, in the coach's portal. It's really cool. So why don't we just go into um, how they can get access to everything? I mean, first started with armcare.com, what they can do to get started. And then mm -hmm. even crossover century, I'm, I'm sure that's, that's a great follow-up. Once you realize you need more strength, you, you know, crossover symmetry can, is going to help. 
Yeah, well, we, we sell the crossover symmetry products on armcare.com. So okay, you're cool. actually going to find that the products that are really tailored to what we're doing with baseball on armcare.com. Uh, we sell our training package that includes a shoulder kit, a hip and core band, and the appropriate weighted uh, plyo ball, where we're going to be doing some you know, rhythmic stave uh, perturbations and, and, and things like that uh, with it. We don't, you know, we, we don't, it's not like a weighted ball throw, it's a, a plyo sand ball. Um, and uh, that can all be found at armcare.com. Uh, we have a, a our, our assessment package. Uh, it starts at $295 and um, that includes this, this dynamometer and includes one year subscription to the app. You can also upgrade and get, you know, all your training equipment as well. Um, but you know, what most people don't understand is, you know, dynamometers normally cost $1,500. Right. So to get uh, a research grade dynamometer, one year access to the app, we're going to get individualized crazy. training and access to this data where you can share it with your, 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 your team, your coaches, your physical therapists, where they're able to see your data, make sure that you're improving and moving in the right direction. Um, uh, it's, it's really inexpensive. That's awesome, man. Well, I think we can kind of end it there. We covered, I think, pretty much everything. Did we miss anything? Is there something we missed? No, I think that's great. Yeah, so I'm obviously a big fan. Um, use it a lot. I always highly recommend it. I'm highly recommending it again. And uh, I'm excited to, uh, I was just on your armcare.com podcast. Y'all got a great podcast over there. Um, I'm actually excited to have Ryan back on. There's so much him and I can talk about. He just, he knows so much. But I think you're moving in the right direction, man. I think it's great the what you've done with with baseball, specifically on the amateur level. You're providing services that, you know, you should be getting at SEC schools or, or professional baseball to to the individual. And I think you really need to take advantage of it, and 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 don't you know don't get scared of the amount of information you're hearing. Like it's it's something simple. Like I've used the app. I mean, the app he has is just so simple, and it, it literally like follow the bouncing ball, like just follow the steps. And then it's going to give you real insight to what's going on. And I think it's something you need to do consistently. Be very concerned about your career. If you want to stay healthy through your career, I think it's, it's a must have tool. So I appreciate it, man. If you, if any, anything else you want to leave, like how they can follow you or anything or. Um, yeah. So I'm, you know, I, I really leave it to, to, to Ryan and, and Matt. Those guys are the face. They're, they're out there. I'm behind the scenes most of the time. I'm working on the, the app and design and, and physical products and making sure that we're improving those. So that's kind of my role. Um, if you want to reach out, uh, you can reach us at support at armcare.com. Um, and uh, yeah, go to the website. There's a lot of information there as well. Awesome. Appreciate it, Dugan. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks, Brent.